Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I can't believe I fell for the latest internet scam. Yeah, what was it? Lizzie Borden sent me a friend request, and when I accepted it, I got hacked. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) It's spoop hour. Welcome back. This is Spoop Hour. For a second, I forgot what we were even doing. Oh my god! <laughs> you blew your nose. We took a break. And <laughs> we had a moment. We had a moment. We talked about a restaurant. We haven't even taken a break recently. Like we just recorded, like what? I guess a little while ago because we recorded on Thursday last time. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to talk to you again. Yes. We're a paranormal comedy podcast that sometimes forgets what it's doing. But also, we live together, so. I talked to you earlier. I know. We were watching this is the Mindy a, Project. This isn't a new conversation. Like we've, <laughs> we've been talking on and off all day. <laughs> As always, you can find us on the Facebook, the Twitters, the Instagrams. We're not on the Facebook. Well, we're on Facebook in podcasting groups, but not yeah. as a page yet. 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 We yet. have talked about it, and now that we've hit our download goal several times... <laughs> We're actually gonna do it. But yeah, and we, we're about we're gonna hit our one year anniversary in August, so yeah, yeah. we could we could do it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's officially like the first weekend in September. I think it was Labor Day weekend. Oh, Labor Day weekend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe right before we hit our one year, we'll yeah. fire that bad boy up. But yes. so exciting news! Scoop hour. Woo. Yeah, one word uh, on the internets or Not on the Facebooks. Email us. Spoophour at gmail.com. I was still thinking about the joke that I flubbed so many times, <laughs> which was about the Facebooks. The Facebooks. The Facebooks. Okay. Yeah. We all make mistakes. And some of us, when we make mistakes, hack our elders to death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Sasha? Um, we're cent- we're centering today around <laughs> America? Question mark, I question, guess, mark. question mark. We we've got things that we've wanted to talk about that we never did and, and have to do with America. And when you're listening to this, Tomorrow's the 4th of July. And we're kind of not cool with America. We're, we're pretty ambivalent right, right yeah, now. Yeah, we're just... Ambivalent to angry. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated with America right now, so we were like, we don't want to do anything, like, super patriotic, because we're pretty salty, but we wanted to do something that's kind of, like, nodded at the holiday. This is how I explained it Yeah. to my boyfriend yesterday when we were talking about it. He's like, New England is an Americana, and I'm like, no, but New England is where they fought a lot of the Revolutionary War... Yes. Ergo, 4th of July, New Englandy things. Yeah. 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 And you know, when you fight wars, or you kill a Native Americans, you get ghosts. Yay! So... I mean, not yay. Not yay, We're but, sad about it, but... Yeah. Yay, so, ghosts! But we've talked about New England lore before. We like have. In, like, back in October. Yeah. Um, but there's some more stuff. Like, when we talked about aliens last week, I found out about a thing called... Oh, God. Why did Bridgewater, just, triangle? Bridgewater Triangle. Thank I only you. remember it because by where we went to college is oh, Bridgewater. Bridgewater College, yep. Yeah, yeah, so I only remember it because like when you first told me about it, I was like, ooh, I wonder if it's by JMU, and it's not. I wanted to call it the Borden Triangle because I was still <laughs> thinking about Lizzie Borden. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Lizzie Borden and yeah. like shoving some spoop in there. Yeah, and I, I thought it was funny when murder. you suggested Lizzie Borden because I had been listening to The Moth. But yeah, there was a story that had like a brief little blurb about Lizzie Borden, and I was like, oh, it's funny. Multiple Queen. Lizzie Borden things in a week. Queen. So. so that's what you'll be talking about. I'll be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle, um, but not the UFO stuff, just all the other weird stuff that happened over there, and mm-hmm. that it's in Massachusetts, so Americana, I guess. Yeah, for me, I was just like, what do we want to talk about? And for some reason, I was like, ooh, maybe Lizzie Borden. And then I was like, she was American, right? And I like double checked. Yeah. That she was. Yep, she's a Cornell. Yeah, yeah, and she's from the New Englandy area, so yeah. I was like, boom, called it. So, that's where we <laughs> bing, are. Bing, bang, boom. New England for this episode. Yep. So, welcome to New England. It's chilly up here. There are a lot of bugs in the summertime. You want some clam chowder? 
You can have mine. I'm allergic to clams. That's a funny joke because right now in the D.C. area, it's 92 fucking degrees. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure if I look at my weather app, it's going to say feels like the surface of the sun. Right. And later this... Feels like 96. Feels like 96. Yep. Tomorrow's high is 97. So let's just go ahead and lay down and melt into the ground. Fuck you, summertime. All you people who whined all winter about being cold, this one's on you. And the best part, oh, well, actually, you know what? It's only 79 degrees and raining in Orlando right now. What the fuck is that? It's going to be in the 80s and 90s while I'm there. Oh. But, so, hey, you know what? It's not worse than it is here. No. <laughs> so. I'm going to take a picture of myself, like, sweating next to the pool, just, like, flipping you the bird and just text it to you throughout your trip. Right. Because... After this week's episode, we are going to take a week off. Sorry, it is the summertime, and Sasha is going to Disney World again. Again! And so, we're going to take a week off rather than try and cram an episode out this week. So, consider it our July 4th holiday. I will be making brunch for some of our friends and then guesting Mm -hmm. on another podcast, which we'll have more information about. Oh, I also want to say, since this is going to be our first episode... In July. Yes. We are participating in two pods a day. Yes. Yay. Super exciting. We did this back in January as well. We did. And now we've grown a bit. We're a bit more, I hesitate to say professional because we talk about farts a lot for people who are professional. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we are participating in two pods a day. If you weren't a listener then, or if you're not familiar with the campaign, it's just an online campaign to draw some attention to the indie podcasts of the world. Mm -hmm. If you've ever read basically any top 50 best podcast list, you'll notice it's a lot of big names and not a lot of little guys. So Mm -hmm. this, this is a campaign to give love to the little guys like us. So we would like to give you some encouragement to listen to these three podcasts as part of two pods a day and just follow them on Twitter, which is where they are at two pods a day, I believe. Mm -hmm. And And two pods a day with the number two. Yeah, the number two. They will post two new podcasts every day. Check Mm -hmm. them out. If there's something that tickles your fancy, find your new favorites. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to encourage you to give a listen to Jimmy's Seen Some Stuff, Unabashedly Obsessed, and Species. Ooh. Yeah. Very fun. I learned about narwhals. <gasps> I right. love narwhals. Right. Our third, uh, our third roommate's sister, sister has loves narwhals, but has a problem with like the How mass market like cutesy narwhal. Where they're like a unicorn. That's not where their horn is. No. It's a tooth. It's lower. It's a tooth. Yeah. So yeah. Know your shit about narwhals. I will say the spooky thing that happened to me this week. Oh yeah. It's not that spooky. I yesterday went to dinner at the shopping center close to our house mm-hmm. at this little Italian place. It was very good. And we had a grand old time. At the end of the meal, while taking my purse off the our booth, I managed to, like, knock something in it onto the ground, and then mm-hmm. I bent over. And according to my boyfriend, an old man was staring right at my butt and then gave him, like, the yeah, buddy nod. So <laughs> That's started the creepy out, thing. started out being the, like, worst day. <laughs> and then we went to the grocery store, and when we came out... I saw a child full-on exorcist vomit out of his car window. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it was, like, he literally just had his head out the window. It wasn't far enough out the window because it got all down the side of their white minivan. And what he was barfing was not a color that my barf has ever been. (laughs) So I don't know what he recently ate. And it was so much barf from this small child. And somehow my boyfriend didn't see it. It was just a special sight for me. So it was like the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Even my cat is yelling. <laughs> cat yelling at me for laughing. She's like, don't laugh at my mom's pain, you oh asshole. God, so yeah, much. I didn't was, expect that. It was so, like, when we took our, like, moment between telling the joke before we came back <laughs> in, I blew my nose and I was telling Sasha that I had eaten at this restaurant yesterday. And then I was like, I'm going to put a pin in my disgusting story until we're recording. Oh, my God. Yeah. We should tell Sam that story. She used <laughs> to work, work at there. that restaurant. Uh, oh my yeah. god. It was it was right out in front in the parking lot. Just I love it. Right, and like, <laughs> it's a minivan, but it had doors on both sides, and it looked like he had climbed over his sister to get to the window, and it's like, maybe you would have made it fully outside if you had just like, opened the door. Unless he was stuck in bitch seat. 
Maybe. But yeah. it didn't look like there was another kid in the oh. car. There were just the two of them. And it might have been those, like, separate, like, yeah, bucket yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was unpleasant. I'm going to tell myself that he was expending some sort of demonic energy. Mm. <laughs> and so that way it's a charming story that I can tell on my paranormal comedy podcast. Yeah. And not a nightmarish thing that I witnessed after a nice dinner right. at a restaurant I can never go back to because apparently an old man was staring at my butt. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. Good times. It's a nice butt. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I can say that. You can say that, and I appreciate it coming from you. And, like, I was talking to my boyfriend how upset, and I was like, he didn't even say anything about it, he just nodded, and my boyfriend was like, do you want him to say something about it? And I go, no, that would be creepy. <laughs> so you can't win, creepy no, old can't. man staring at my ass. Did anything creepy happen to I don't know if I I can't tell you. No. Um, I went to New York, so last Sunday to Wednesday, I was yeah. in New York, Nothing, nothing spooky. Did you hit anything that's traditionally haunted? That's we, went to Central, we went to Central Park. Well, we, yeah, we mostly but... did Central Park. I went to New York Public Library. Oh. It's just really pretty there. Yeah. Did you see the um, old lady from Ghostbusters? No, I didn't. Oh. Um, well, as we all know, that's a documentary. So New York is cool. <laughs> Except right now when it is hot. I, I don't want to live there. Yeah. I like, it's one of those things where I was like in Central Park and I was like, hell Yeah. I love New York, this is great, and then as soon as you leave Central Park, you're, you're like, like oh no, everything is terrible. <laughs> I guess just old statues and yeah. Christopher Columbus, you son of a bitch. There's How a many people <laughs> did you kill? How many ghosts did you right? create, yeah. Christopher Columbus? Oh, I guess the creepy thing was, we were walking through, there's a, something called like the, the, the bra- Bramble, the Ramble, or whatever, and it's like this area, Bramble. it's this area in the middle of the park that's just like trails that go every which way yeah so you can get turned around pretty easily in there oh. and my dad was like yeah watch out for the bodies and i was like no why would you say <laughs> that and he was like well you know law and order they always find the bodies in central park and my mom was like oh that's not funny in the 70s a girl from <laughs> okinawa was murdered in central park and they found her body in the woods and i was like what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm like so speed your walking know you? through this, like, and like not able to find my path, like which way, and it was terrible. But yeah, apparently a girl from Okinawa, it was like, a, it was really big news in Okinawa because well, like, yeah, no one leaves Okinawa, right? Yeah. But a, a girl got murdered in Central Park. She was studying at a university in New York and oh. went for a walk or went for a run or something. And they found her body and it was like, Ugh. so I'm, that was, I guess, the creepy thing was my mom. <laughs> Being like, oh, let's talk about murders. Well, I will say, you couldn't possibly be in the beginning of a Law and Order episode because you were concerned about finding a dead body right. and not being like, and then I had to wait an extra half hour at my dentist this morning, so uh-huh. I was late to work again, and the boss gave me, hey, lady, are you okay? Yeah, right? Or That's... like two teens being like, we're going to go make out in the woods, yeah. and they trip over a leg. Yeah. 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 It was me actually actively being concerned about finding a body. Which so means I... you're not going to find a body. Exactly. Them's the rules. Yep. I don't make them, but them's the rules. All right, you want to get started? Sure. Cool. Let's do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Let's let's Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. All right. I took an axe. Gave Actually, her... that's how I opened yeah. my notes is Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Yikes. That's not true. She, first of all, she axe murdered her stepmother, not her mother. Okay. And she only axed her, like, 19 times. Yeah, she only axed her questions and then hatcheted her, like, 17 to 19 times. And she only hatcheted her father 11. So, like, let's all calm down with our folksy rhymes. As always, I'd like to thank Wikipedia, Lizzie-Borden.com, the Smithsonian Magazine, FamousTrials.com, AllThat'sInteresting.com, RollingStone.com, Biography.com, and Time.com. Nice. I did a lot of research because I actually, pretty much all I know about the Lizzie Borden case, I only know passively and from reading a fictionalized account of the lead up to the murders. Right. So, like, all I knew was she killed her parents with an axe and then, like, casual pop culture mentions to, right. all right, Lizzie Borden, drop the axe. <laughs> So, as I open my notes, happy 4th of July, bitches! Let's talk Lizzie Andrew Borden, best known as the primary suspect in the 1892 axe murders of her father and stepmother. Andrew Borden. Andrew Borden. Interesting. Her dad's name was Andrew. I guess he wanted a boy. Yeah. And he was like, fuck it, we'll put it as her middleman. Yeah. Um, There's, I, I know some families that have that tradition, so you get these girls with, like, names like... 
Kennedy. Yeah. And you're like, why that? And like, uh, because every firstborn in this family is named Kennedy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I, in a Terry Pratchett book, there's a character, I can't remember what her name is, but it's a traditionally male name. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, what does your name mean? And she goes, that my parents wanted a boy. (laughs) So, Lizzie Andrew Borden was one of two daughters of Andrew and Sarah Borden. Andrew was super fucking wealthy. Like, he was a Cornell relative. Yep. He made bank doing, like, real estate shit. He was very wealthy, but he was a stingy-ass motherfucker because their house at 92 Second Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, had neither indoor plumbing nor electricity. And they had those at the time, particularly among the wealthy families. Right. Like, they had the capability, but he was like, no, we'll sit in the dark and poop in a bucket. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a direct quote. No, but just the idea. (laughs) I mean, that's what they did. So can you really blame her? Part two. They didn't even live in the posh part of town, which was called The Hill. They lived in the main part where all the poors lived, so gross. Lizzie and her sister had a pretty strictly religious upbringing on top of that, so not only was her was their father a cheap bastard, right. but also religion on religion. But Lizzie was actually pretty active in her church. She taught, and this is, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, mm-hmm. so forgive my notes, but I don't give a shit. She taught Sunday school to the kids of recent immigrants because she recognized the importance of welcoming immigrants to a scary new country by presenting a fair, friendly face. She was probably a fucking axe murderer alive in the 1800s. America, get your shit together. <laughs> and that is word for word what I wrote in my notes because I got real mad that Lizzie Borden, who took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax, was like, hello, children of recent immigrants. Let's talk about Jesus. <sighs> so like, what the fuck? Anyway, she was also a member of a bunch of various, like, Christian membership organizations, Mm -hmm. including the Christian Endeavor Society, the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which means she probably wasn't drinking, which, pooping in a bucket, sitting in the dark, not having wine. The worst! And basically, she was a very busy lady who was in demand at social gatherings, Mm -hmm. and she seemed pretty cool, like, people liked her, whatever. In 1863, her mom died, and three years later, her father remarried. Now, Lizzie and her sister Emma did not love that their father remarried. In fact, they both referred to their new stepmom as Mrs. Borden, Mm -hmm. instead of by her first name. And they both believed that Mrs. Borden only married their father for his money. Right. There were also rumors that Lizzie and her sister resented their father also because he made them live in a dark house where they had to shit in a bucket. Right. So that he could hoard his money. And then also both of their sisters were in their 30s, meaning that they were well-to-do fucking spinsters living at home. Because, you know, their their dad wasn't out hustling to get them husbands or whatever. So these are 30-something-year-old spinsters of the time, living in discomfort with a rich-ass dad. The very least they could have had was fucking plumbing. Like, come on, Andrew Borden. Sorry you got hatcheted, but like, bruh. 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 According to Bridget Maggie Sullivan, who was the Borden's living maid, and for the rest of this, I'm going to call her Maggie because that seems like it was her preferred name. Sure. She was Irish. She was very respectable. Anyway, Lizzie and Emma very rarely ate with their father. Mm -hmm. They mostly took their meals separately, which is not a great sign at the time. Right. Like, people, that was pretty much what you did. Yeah. Meal times. yeah, Yeah. Everybody gets together for meals, but not in the Borden house. Adding to the tension in May of 1892, so a couple months before the murders, Mr. Borden killed the pigeons in his barn. Okay. He thought that the pigeons that had been roosting there were attracting local youths to hunt them. And he was like, not on my property. So he killed them with an axe, like a normal person. Okay. And Lizzie apparently had taken these pigeons under her wing. Oh, no. And she had built them a roost. And then he fucking slaughtered them. So she was already not thrilled. Yeah, I would kill him. (laughs) I mean, and then it gets worse. In July 1892, they had a big, huge family blowout because Mr. Borden, who, again, I cannot reiterate enough, he wouldn't even get his daughters a fucking toilet, bought his new wife, sister, a fucking house. He was like, we can't have plumbing, but I'm going to buy this rando a house. So... A few minutes ago, I was going to be like, why didn't he just, like, buy them a house that they could go live in? 
or like get his shit together for his daughters. I don't and know. He he bought a <laughs> he bought his sister in law house, his new sister in law house. I don't. And but his daughters, he's like, stay at home, you thirty two year old spinster. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I understand the big family blowout. Yeah, yeah. So they got real mad. And they insisted on getting a property of their own because they were like, what the fuck? If this is how you're going to be, we don't want to live with you anymore. Right. So he finally was like, fine, whatever. He sold them the house they grew up in for $1 and an additional rental property for the same price. So like a symbolic, like, pay me $1. Now you have a house. Yeah. But they were still real mad, shockingly. Yeah. So they both opted to take, quote unquote, vacations in New Bedford while they cooled off. Mm Mm-hmm. They also ended up selling the properties back to their dad for about five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which in twenty seventeen money was like a hundred and thirty five thousand. Okay, so like not bad. They they yeah. made they made a decent Some, amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And then a week before the incident, Lizzie came back to Fall River after this big, huge family mm-hmm. blowout, which again was in July. It's now August, and she instead of going straight home, she went and stayed at a boarding house, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah, like probably maybe still mad at your dad yeah right and then and it's hot in the summer and, and it's hot in the summer so she was probably like i'm gonna stay in the fucking electricity where i have a goddamn toilet dad right. so i don't have to shit in a bucket and be hot their dad also had his original wife's brother in the house at the time mm-hmm. and came over the night before the incident just to talk about like property holdings and whatever so there's speculation that maybe the conclusion that they reached or something was something where Lizzie and her sister would be punished mm-hmm. or they wouldn't get the holdings or everything would go to the new wife. Right. There's speculation, but there's no proof. Right. Like, it's just people being like, maybe they just decided, well, if you cut your daughters out, you can buy all of your new wife's family houses. So. Stupido. Yes. Muy <laughs> estupido. The household had also been violently ill for a few days before the incident, mm-hmm. Maggie, the live-in maid, was afraid that they'd been poisoned because Mr. Borden wasn't super popular. Can't imagine why, when he won't even buy his daughters a toilet. <laughs> but the neighbors speculated that Maggie was maybe not a great cook or whoever she had hired to right. do the cooking wasn't great. And they'd all gotten food poisoning because there was mutton that had been left on the stove for a couple of days that they kept eating. Which is gross. You know how you can keep mutton from going bad? Putting it in a goddamn refrigerator. Get electricity. Yeah, dick. It. <laughs> and then Thursday, August 4th, 1892. And it's telling that you were talking about Law and Order because in my notes I put, dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> Andrew and Abby Borden were murdered between 9 and 11 a.m. Abby had gone into an upstairs bedroom to make the bed and was first hit with a hatchet from behind. Then she turned around to face her attacker and then got hit again. So two hatchets. And then she fell to the ground with that one. And then she got hatcheted 17 more times. She died. Mm-hmm. Surprise. <laughs> Spoilers. At around the same time, Andrew had gone out. He usually would go for, like, a morning walk. Mm-hmm. So he goes out for his morning walk. He comes back, and he finds that his key isn't working, like the door's jammed or whatever. Right. So he had to knock on the door to get Maggie the maid to open it. Maggie then would go on to testify that she had a hard time opening the door, too. Like, yeah. it's almost like... Somebody had fucked with it to make it harder to open or yeah. whatever, but, you know, they... We'll learn in a second. The police maybe didn't investigate a great way. Oh, good. Good. Good times. But finally, as Maggie's struggling with the door and finally gets it open, she heard Lizzie giggle from upstairs. And she put this in her testimony, so that's mm-hmm. how we know. She heard Lizzie laugh. She couldn't see her, but she heard her giggle. And this is where it's going to get even murkier in terms mm-hmm. of we're relying on, like, second and third hand accounts now. Right. According to Maggie, Lizzie had told her that there was a sale at the department store and that she could go, but Maggie didn't feel well. Because if you'll remember, they all had fucking food poisoning. Right. So Maggie instead is like, I'm going to go upstairs and take a nap. And Lizzie then goes downstairs According to her own account, she says she goes downstairs, she helps her dad take his shoes off and put his slippers on, which, like, you're a grown-ass man and your daughter's, like, 32. Maybe don't have her take your shoes off, you fucking weirdo. But Lizzie then left him for his nap and went to go look for a piece of iron in the barn. I don't know why. No, whatever. And then at 11, 10 a.m., Lizzie cried out for Maggie, saying, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Andrew was dead on the downstairs couch, having been hit 10 or 11 times with a hatchet. So again, not 41 times, only like 11, you big babies. Mm -hmm. 
And then because of a super gross detail about the body that I won't tell you unless you really want to know, it seemed that he had been asleep when he got axed. Uh, so they were like, he didn't wake up. He just started getting axed. He was also still bleeding when they found him. So they were like, okay, this was a more recent attack. Yeah. Lizzie became the primary suspect pretty quick because her sister was out of town at the time, which is a pretty yeah. ironclad alibi. And then Lizzie was not only around, she was also kind of acting weird. Yeah. She gave conflicting answers to the police, first saying that she heard her father groan or that she heard some sort of scraping right. while she was ironing. So iron. Iron. Ink. But then she said two hours later when they asked her again that she hadn't heard anything and she came into the house from the barn thinking everything was hunky-dory, nothing right. was wrong. And then the police were like, well, where's your stepmother? And she was like, oh, I, there was this note. And the note said that she was visiting a sick friend. So maybe she had come home and somebody should check upstairs for her. And then they found the stepmother's body. Which, like, I'm sorry, you find a dead body downstairs and your first move isn't let's look all around the house? Yeah, right? Like, apparently the way the body was, you could only see it from, like, a certain point on the stairs. But still, still. like... You're a fucking police officer. Like, look into that shit. Most of the cops present said that Lizzie was really, like, chill for somebody who just found her father's hatcheted body. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, again, he was still bleeding. So, like, traumatizing. But she was just like, yeah, this seems fine. And they also said that they did not like her or her attitude, but then they didn't check her for bloodstains or even do a real deep search of her room. Because she said she wasn't feeling well, and the cops were like, ho-hum, I guess we will just poke our heads in your room because we don't want to inconvenience you, Miss Borden. Have a great one. Well, I mean, and I think that's that's the root of the issue, is yeah. we don't want to inconvenience you, Miss Borden. She's yeah. from a wealthy family, and she's a woman. Yeah. Like, how could a woman hatchet these people to death? Right, and right. a lot of their original, before they were like, oh shit, I think this girl killed her dad right. and her stepmom. A lot of it was, this is a well-bred woman, mm-hmm. which means at the time she basically walked on water. Like, she was active in church, she wasn't weird, she was, like, wealthy and whatever. When would she ever fucking commit a violent, violent crime? Right. You know? But, anyway. What did the police know? What did the police know? What do we know? We just don't know. Don't sue us, Borden family, if you still exist. In the basement, police found... Oh, yeah, they don't like talking about... Some of the some of them don't like talking about it. <laughs> Others, other side, the other side of the family is like, yeah, we'll talk about I it. I would yeah. imagine, like, if it were me, I'd be like, let me tell you every goddamn detail. Right, yeah, because well, let's lean is, into it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So, in the basement, police found two hatchets, two axes, and then one hatchet head with a broken handle. And they were like, oh, this looks like it was recently broken... And that's strange. It looks like somebody rubbed ash and dust on it to make it look like it hasn't been used in a while. But, like, there's a very clear, like, pattern to it. But then they were like, oh, well, we better leave all these fucking axes where we found them. Bye, guys. Didn't take them out of the house. Two days later, police came back and they were like, all right, sorry, Lizzie. We're pretty sure you killed your parents. They did a more thorough search And Lizzie's friend Alice, who had been staying with the family, reported that that night, Lizzie tore up a dress that she said was covered in paint. And they were like, hey, Lizzie, what you doing? And she was like, oh, I can't wear this dress anymore because of um, paint. paint. And then she later burned the dress. Like you do when you can't wear something. Covered in paint. Covered in paint. And you're like, oh, fuck, I liked this dress. Oh, well, it's covered in paint. So weird stories started coming out. People started speculating that a man had been seen wandering the property, but by all accounts, he was long gone by the time the murders actually happened. But they were like, maybe this is like a disgruntled former employee. Maybe Mm. this is just some weirdo who hates the wealthy. I don't know. And then a local clerk reported that Lizzie had tried to buy cyanide a couple days before the axe attack. But because she didn't have a prescription, he was like, sorry, I can't tell you this. And she was like, okay, bye. And then Andrew also wasn't wearing his slippers when they found his body, which Lizzie's story had been, I took his shoes off, I put his slippers on, and then they find the body and he's not wearing his slippers. So it's like, okay. Like, he was still in his shoes. So it wasn't just like he flailed and the slippers came off. He was still in his, like, shoelaced shoes. And then the stories only got weirder once the trial actually started. 
Rumors sprung up that Lizzie had committed the crimes in some sort of fugue state, so she genuinely believed she was innocent. She didn't remember doing it. Right. And some people even thought she had been naked. Dun, dun, dun. Which would explain why she wasn't covered in blood when the cops arrived. Because ah. that came up at trial. Her defense lawyer was like, um, y'all, if homegirl hatcheted everybody in the goddamn house, she'd be covered in blood. But the police rolled up and she was fine. So instead of going, hmm, that's an interesting piece of supporting defense evidence, everybody was like, that means she was naked! Women nudity! And they all, like, peed their pants. Great. Good times. Not in their toilets. No, because they didn't. They weren't rich, and they weren't the children of rich, cheap bastards, so they all didn't have toilets. Ultimately, I think as everybody knows, Lizzie was not convicted, and so she and her sister inherited a buttload of money. I think it's like a couple hundred million dollars, but I read it somewhere, and then I couldn't find the article where I read it. Yeah. And so I don't know exactly how much, but it was a buttload of money right. in today's dollars. And they bought a house in a different part of the state. Lizzie changed her name to Lizbeth because she had been born Lizzie. Oh. So it's not even like she could go by Elizabeth now. Her christened name was Lizzie. Fascinating. Right? Lizzie Andrew Borden. Like, come on, man. Anyway, so she started going by Lizbeth in the hopes of being, like, reaccepted into wealthy society. Right. They weren't really. They were still kind of ostracized. But... She and her sister lived together up until 1905 when they had a falling out, possibly because Lizzie developed a super close special friendship with another woman, or because her sister found out more about their father's murder. Uh, Her sister refused to talk about it after they had the falling out, so people were like, well, maybe Lizzie was like, that's why I killed Dad! And she was like, what the fuck, you killed Dad? And then they had the falling out. Yeah. In any case, Lizzie died on June 1st, 1927. So she lived a good long time. So why is this supernatural, Courtney? This is a paranormal comedy podcast, not let's talk about murders from a bitch-ass long time ago. Well, good news. The Borden estate, where the crime took place, is now a super haunted B&B. Yay! So you can stay in the whole house, just on the second floor, just on the third floor, or in any of the rooms where the crimes were committed. Oh my god. And they have names like the Lizzie and Emma suite, the Andrew and Abby suite, and the Bridget Sullivan room. And the Bridget Sullivan room is the cheapest one. It starts at $246 a night. Okay. And it goes up more if you want one of the nicer suites, or if you want to, like, rent out the whole house. Yeah. I was on their website this morning, and I was like, this would be the best worst vacation. Oh Is you God. just rent out the house, because it gives you a max number of people. So it's yeah. like, if you're renting out the third floor, you can only have, I think, six people. Right. But if you get, like, a crew of six friends, and you're like, let's get drunk and find ghosts! Rad. That actually sounds like a great trip. Right? So let's just start saving up for our $1,000 B&B reservation. <laughs> <laughs> and, as I said, Haunted AF There are ghost cams set up on the premises that run 24-7 to possibly spot any paranormal activity. So if you go on the website of this B&B, you can, like, watch the live stream video. Amazing. I didn't because, like, when I was on it, it was, like, 11 o'clock this morning. And I'm like, what the fuck ghost is going to be, like, knocking shit over? (laughs) You just see, like, a bottle of champagne floating and, like, another bottle of orange juice. Right. Amazing. Ghostmosis. Ghost brunch. (laughs) Ghostmosis. Uh, we should have a ghost brunch. We should incorporate that into our summer ween housewarming. We should. Yeah, there we'll we have go. ghost brunch the next day. Anyway, Destination America tried to spend the night there. They sent a writer in, mm-hmm. and she was like, this sounds right up my alley. I love the paranormal shit. I'm going to try and spend the night and report what actually happened. But the writer got too spooked, oh, and no. so she did not stay the full <laughs> oh, night. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, maybe we don't want to go on that vacation. Well, wait till you hear the okay. story. Kelly McClure made a reservation from for the room in which Lizzie's stepmother was killed in spring 2012. And that room has the name of the dead wife's brother because he was staying in that room. Okay. And the speculation is that Lizzie's stepmom went up there to make the bed, mm-hmm. and then whoever hatcheted her was like, die, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So, in spring 2012, Kelly McClure, probable daughter of Troy McClure. <laughs> <laughs> you might remember him from such shows as The Simpsons. <laughs> So, the innkeepers, as we learned from Destination America, really lean into the whole, like, haunted shit, which is great. And they have a crime scene photo of where Abby's body was found, framed on the wall next to the bed in the room where her body was found. Oh, that's upsetting. So, you're, like, staying in this room, and it's like, 
oh, that's right there. That's upsetting. Thanks, framed photo. And the tour guide who showed Kelly the writer around said that he would rather sleep in a burning building than in that house. And this is extra meaningful because he was a retired fireman. So he knows what he's talking about when he says, I don't want, I would rather sleep in a burning building because he knows how bad that is. Apparently, the new Mrs. Borden's ghost likes to tear the covers off of sleeping people and then move objects from room to room without explanation. And then there's the worst story that they told on the tour, which isn't actually related to the Lizzie Borden murders, but adds to some more of the paranormal, so I'll get into that in a second. But before the Bordens moved in, their distant relative, Eliza Darling Borden, lived there, and she killed two of her three children by dropping them down a well on the property. And then she killed herself. Guests have allegedly heard these children playing and laughing on the top floor of the house. Cool. So, as we've been over before, I don't care for the ghosts of children. I don't like that shit. I don't like that they giggle. Don't like it. Hard pass. So, with all of this newfound knowledge in her head, Kelly goes to, like, settle into her room and, like, get comfortable and, like, spend the night. And she said that from the moment she steps in, the room felt uneasy and she developed a sense of gloom and foreboding. Uh, And then she's like, okay, I'm going to try to sleep. This is fine. This is fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. When she tried to sleep, she kept waking up out of fear. And as she writes, the longer I stayed, the more I felt like the night was ramping up to something. uh, She decided she wasn't ready to experience any, like, serious kind of paranormal activity, so she left her room in the middle of the night and stayed at a friend's house. So, like, she didn't have anything spooky happen to her. She just felt really uneasy. And she felt like the longer she stayed, the more likely it was that something was going to happen. Okay. So then she bounced. And then other ghostly experiences include doors opening for no reason. Classic. Footsteps heard upstairs when no one else is around, and unexplained floral smells, almost like ladies' perfume. Mm-hmm. Leanne Wilbur, who was a longtime proprietor of this B&B, once fell asleep on the couch in the parlor and woke up at 3 a.m. She saw a shadowy figure in the hallway that turned away from her and walked up the stairs. As she tried to figure out what the fuck she was looking at, the electric chandelier in the room, which was always lit because the only way to turn it off is to unscrew the bulbs, right. so they just leave it on all the time, All of a sudden, the electricity surged for three seconds, and then every single bulb burnt out. And then, this is the only night that scared Leanne bad enough that she slept in her car and started believing in ghosts. She was like, nope, you got me this time. I'm fucking out. And then pop culture has a field day with it. Like I said, I read a fictionalized account of the lead up. There's speculation that there's like just bad energy in the house that possesses the people who live in it and causes them to kill. Right. Because, like, you look at the distant relative who killed two of her kids and then herself. Yeah. And then, obviously, Lizzie probably hacked her parents, mm-hmm. whatever. And then, most commonly, the explana- the paranormal explanation for what happened is that Lizzie was possessed by some sort of demon, and mm-hmm. then that demon caused her to commit the murders. So that's why she believed she was innocent, and why she was so happy when she wasn't convicted, but it was because whatever demon was like, kill, kill, kill. And that's Lizzie Andrew Borden. Cool. Yeah, that side of the Cornell family. Um, <laughs> so there's this neuroscientist named James Fallon. And not Oh my Jimmy God, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon? No, no James Fallon. <laughs> um, I love that you but, saw the joke I was about to yeah, make and you were like, not today. He, um, he was on the, on the moth and he shared his story about like uncovering like, the brains of psychopaths and realizing that he was born with, like, a killer brain, Hmm. but, and then, like, having to kind of, like, talk to his family about, like, and friends about, like, his behavior (laughs) and whatever. So seemed weird. But his mom was, they were at a family barbecue, and his 88-year-old mother was like, investigate your father's side. (laughs) And he he was like, uh, what? And realized (laughs) there was a whole line of violent people. Oh, good! Um, And the, the... It started all with his, a great, 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 whatever, grandfather named Thomas Cornell, who was hanged in 1667 for murdering his mother. Oh, And that line continued to spur, you know, murderers every generation. Damn. Including, uh, produced seven other alleged murderers, including Lizzie Borden. That's a lot of murderers. Yeah, so Lizzie Borden was part of that Cornell. So the side of the Cornell family that's, like, really, like, no, let's tamp this down is, like, (laughs) the, Cornell University. Yeah. Like that side of the Cornell. 
Mills where they're like, we're really rich. We're not murderers. <laughs> just we're just be- dirty capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be first against the wall when the revolution comes. We don't actively, like, murder people. Yeah, we but, just put systems in place But to then address. there's this neuroscientist on that side of the family who's like, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> So don't call the Cornell admissions office and ask. That's what we're saying. Basically. Don't do that. Yeah. They're not going to want to talk about it. Mm -mm. Find the other Cornells, the ones who do want to talk about it, talk to them, and then report back. Exactly. All right. So just in the time that we have left, I'm going to talk about Bridgewater Triangle. My notes came from Wikipedia, from Ranker, um, from that blog again that I told you about last week. Yeah. It was called Cellar Walls, and it's like defunct now but the guy like was adventuring through new england and he's not the one who was actually like a las vegas security guard no okay. no not that guy yeah and then someone wrote an article on the odyssey online oh. about it so all right so we've got the Br- not bermuda triangle we've got <laughs> good lord <laughs> the bridgewater triangle sasha is not drunk um and it's in Massachusetts. We talked about this in last week's video. Mm-hmm. Uh, not video. What am I saying? I am, am I drunk? I'm just sleepy. I thought it was just water, but maybe it's just straight no. vodka. It, no, this is this is it's it's watermelon and Smirnoff? cucumber water. Nope, it's just water. It, I don't no. drink. <laughs> You're like I don't drink straight Smirnoff. Right? I'm a Burnett's girl. No, oh God! Oh God! <laughs> no. No. no! No! Real quick, fun story. Someone once brought a bottle of Burnett's to one of our parties and then left it and then because we don't believe in wasting alcohol in this house we were like oh god we now have to drink this whole goddamn thing so i kept doing punches that i could incorporate pineapple burnets into i beat up a freshman my senior year of college because he stole my littles bottle of peach burnets Ugh, what a dick yeah but also possibly doing her a favor he literally put it down her pants uh, down his pants and walked out of our apartment and i beat him up in Good. the breezeway. Good. What yeah. a dick. Don't fuck with me. Or my friends. Or her liquor. Don't fuck with Sasha's brunettes. I didn't brunettes. even want the brunettes. We said it before. It we'll night, say it so again. My, my little forgot it at my apartment. Oh. And then someone else who was like in my year was sitting on our couch and it wasn't even like someone I was friends with. It was like a friend of a friend who was sitting on the couch and he had the bottle of brunettes and he was just like putting it to his face and drinking. I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a bad so, idea. Yeah. That's he was actively, very drunk. That's how you die. Yeah. Is I was because like, you're where drinking are your jet friends? fuel that tastes like peach. Yeah. yeah. It was a whole ordeal. Gross. Yeah. Gross. I think he became drum major the next year. Ha! You want this guy in charge of your band? <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. The same band director did not want me to be a drill instructor. So, so like. Judgment. <laughs> yeah. I was a great fucking marcher. Yeah. All right. So, so. history. <laughs> um, it, within the. the I want to call it the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> you can call it that. I'm like the not... Massachusetts Bermuda Triangle. Here, let's get one clean take of you just saying Bridgewater, and then I'll just plop it in everywhere. Bridgewater. <laughs> and so every time it'll be the Bridgewater, Bridgewater Triangle. triangle. <laughs> <laughs> like when you called Mr. Mephone yeah. back in the 90s. <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> Hello, Courtney. Courtney. Thank you for calling the Bridgewater Triangle. <laughs> Within the Bridgewater Triangle, there's the Hammock Swamp. Um, that sounds oh, sorry, high. the Hockamock Swamp. That sounds more haunted. Which is 16,950 acres in total. The hauntedness. Um, before the Native Americans were widely killed off in this region, they had respected the swamp, naturally, thinking of it as magical and sacred. Oh. It was very mysterious, so they named it Hockamock, which means where, place where spirits dwell. Okay. To English settlers, though, it was called the Devil's Swamp. Classy. So, all right, Simple. there we go. The settlers were petrified by the swamp. It was new to them, hard to navigate, and contained many plants and animals they didn't understand because they came from Europe and they don't know shit about shit. Way later, in the 18th and 19th centuries, settlers tried to drain the swamp and convert it into farmland, but as the natives still relied on this land to survive, they managed to keep it out of settlers' hands. Hmm. In 1675, a war broke out as the last attempt of some Native American tribes to drive the English settlers out of New England. Mm -hmm. This war was known as King Philip's War, named after the Wampanoag chief Metacomet, who the settlers called King Philip. So because they white people, they white people all over his name. Great. So various tribes joined together to battle the settlers, and it ended with Metacomet's kidnapping and beheading, as well as Chief Anawan's surrender at Anawan's Walk. The settlers had won the fourteen-month-long war, to which America. Great. Fantastic. There we go. Much of this war took place in the Hockamock Swamp, because it was a great area to use for strategy. Many that visit the swamp claim they see apparitions of Native Americans dancing, and this ghost dancing was reported at another site of King Philip's War, which is the Anawan Rock. 
That seems um, nice. Right? Yeah. Dancing. Yeah. According to rumors, it's said that the spirits of natives often start spectral fires and will haunt those who approach the area. You know, even now, like, neighborhood kids will often talk about feeling watched in the swamp or hearing, you know, something coming through the forest or knocking down the trees. Ooh, don't um, like Some that. people have heard, like, blood-curdling screams. That could be a barn owl. Yeah, they could sound be a barn, like fucking right? murder. Or, you know, other people saying they think they hear disembodied voices, trees being thrown, what looks like large human footprints in cornfields, ghostly forms, strange lights, and strange squawkings that sound to be coming from, like, a plastic toy. Like the oh, that, yeah, that's just a desert rain problem. Right? <laughs> have um, you ever heard the noise a fisher cat makes? I, no. I don't think we have them in North America, but it's upsetting. Oh. I'll play it for you off the air, but it yeah. is an upsetting noise. So, yeah, you know, like, so it's probably just people not realizing what animals sound like, Yeah, because right? some animals, they look cute, but they sound like death. But, yeah, so basically people think they hear and see odd things within the Hockamock Swamp. Yeah. So, yeah, we heard about ghosts. There's also the Assonet Ledge in the Freetown State Forest that has been reported to be the site of ghosts standing on the ledge of, like, a cliff and jumping off. And then magically disappearing. So you think you see oh, someone jumping and then okay. they disappear. Um, Still, that's pretty harmless. Right. There's also been people who say that the spirit will tell them to either jump or leave. <laughs> and it's like, uh, Get fucked, right. Whitey. <laughs> There's also stories in this area of a red-headed hitchhiker with a full beard on Route 44. Uh-oh. I think I talked about Route 44. In yeah, you did. Because yeah. there were alien sightings, too. Yeah. In Seekonk. 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 Who repeatedly disappears after people stop to pick him up. Some stories well, include him... Well, that's just a Twilight Zone episode. Right? Some stories will include him making it to the car and then he's suddenly gone. Some people have been known to hit the ghost before he vanishes to thin air. Oh, There's Jesus. one story where in October of 1984, a couple's car broke down okay. on the side of the road. And as the man walked up the road to try to find a payphone... Wow, a relic of history. Ha! He saw a red-headed stranger. He asked the man for help, but the man was silent. And upon asking a second time, the man noticed that the stranger's face was contorted and ghostly. And out of fright, the man ran back to the car to tell his wife, who he found standing outside of the car, terrified. When he asked her what was wrong, she said that she turned on the radio and heard deranged laughter and a taunting voice that called her by her name. No! I was all like, these are harmless! And now I'm upset! (laughs) It was bad. No! And then in Freetown on Copycut Road, it's been frequently reported that a road-raging truck driver tailgates behind people as he honks his horns and waves his arms around crazily. That's just the movie Duel. Right? And they say that he terrorizes particularly tourist motorists. (laughs) Get fucked, tourists. Witnesses have seen headlights coming towards them, and then they hear the truck horns blast and see the driver in the rear rear view mirror. But then once they get out of their cars to be like, whoa, what's going on? Like, he's gone. Ugh. Like, they just don't know where he is. Yeah. There's also a single room schoolhouse. <laughs> schoolhouse rock. <laughs> My brain is melting. Okay. I there's love a this. One, there's a single room schoolhouse in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Can I interrupt yeah. and say, schoolhouse spoop? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I want to forget about this episode. Like that. <laughs> about, not this episode, but like what just happened here. Adorable. <laughs> okay, so there's also a single room schoolhouse in the Rehoboth, Massachusetts area okay. that was no longer used after 1937, but voices have still been heard in the building during like visit, like daylight hours. They don't or, care you know, for that. Yeah, yeah people yeah. will go and visit it and they hear it. Don't like it. So... Besides Anwan Rock, which I mentioned earlier, there yeah. are two other significant rocks. There's Dighton Rock, which is a 40-ton boulder sticking out of the Tanton River, or Taunton, I think this is the one oh, I've yeah, had trouble stand, with. Stand. Stand. Although it seems at first there's nothing different about the rock, there's actually strange engravings on and all over the rock. Mm-hmm. No one knows what the drawings and characters mean, but there are, many, there are a couple of theories to them, you know, some people, aliens. Aliens! Hands, right. Others are wondering if it's just something Native American that they just never invest, you know, like unknown, you know, markings or language. Yeah. There's also a place called Profile Rock, and it's a rock that's shaped in the profile of a Native American face. Okay. So. It's got like a nose nose and and mouth. Yeah. (laughs) But they say that it might have been sculpted after Chief um, Massasoit. 
And then they say that there's ghostly figures often seen sitting on top of the rock and okay. many ghost dancers in the area. Okay. There's also a creepy state hospital. Oh, no! So this whole area has, like, everything that we've ever covered on this show. You're ever. taking me on a real roller coaster of sweet yeah. here. Because, like, I'm like, this is fine. Uh, this, this is, is okay. Fine. They're just dancing. They're just a thing. What the fuck? Oh, this is okay. It's just a profile rock. That's fine. What the fuck? Yeah, so there's also a hospital. That's another place. Great. So it first opened in the 1850s and was improved throughout the years and made into a beautiful mental health facility. Oh, no. Uh, our favorite, right? No. Um, but in 1975, the main part of the building was abandoned, and then mm. in 1999, the large domed part of the building collapsed, and in 2006, a fire destroyed many parts of the hospital. Mm. And finally, in 2009, most of what was left was demolished. Though, like, so thinking back to before it was ruined, Yeah. According to staff members, there had been strange activity within the building. Mm-hmm. Whilst it was still in operation... So staff members told stories that they would descend the stairs only to find something physically blocking them from reaching the bottom step, but nothing was there. So they would be like on the second to last step and they just couldn't get past yeah. whatever. And then there were some unexplained markings on the walls of the basement. Mm. Um, some residents had their lights turn off and on in the middle of the light mm. of the night. And many also experienced a shadowy man who appeared out of nowhere. Mm. He would either, he usually had like no specific... Like he wouldn't take a very detailed form. They could just tell as like a similar person, and then he would sometimes crawl across the wall. No. Or sometimes he'd be like stretched out. That's some yellow wallpaper bullshit. Right. I know it's yellow wallpaper oh. bullshit. But other times, you could see that he was like a man form, but they, they never could see what his face was. Like he, his face could never be seen. Great. And he would sometimes appear in the corners of the you know residents' room mi- middle of the night and just stare at them. Grand. Yeah. Right. So Hi. good riddance hospital that doesn't yes. exist anymore. Jesus. And now they're like, we're gonna put a children's school on this. Right. It's gonna be haunted as shit. So the forest where this mental hospital and, you know, major part of this triangle also includes a large quantity of unsolved murders. Oh, good! Suicides and cult activity. Great! It was, <laughs> it was so chill before. I'm glad it's now full of cult activity. So at one point police officers discovered an underground bunker in the forest filled with the remains of cult rituals, which was suspected to include human remains. In the 1990s, Freetown police found mutilated, this is upsetting for me especially, mutilated cats, cows, and other animals. No! um, Including calves, too. And I was like, no! Why are you doing this to the babies? Um, And all seemed to have been killed in ritualistic fashions. And it was suggested that it was the work of some kind of cultist. Great. And then in 2015, the bodies of two women were found in the woods near the border of Brockton, Massachusetts, and Abington. Mm. Many other parts were severed, including a foot, a calf, and part of an arm. And the bodies were placed on top of one another, and there were signs of, like, again, ritualistic activities with them. Yeah, it's not like they all just accidentally had heart attacks and landed on top of each other. Right. So, that's that's the upsetting part. I will end with the least upsetting stuff. Okay. Cryptids. Yay! Fun creatures, all of that. Cryptids save America. Cryptids save America. A few years ago, when um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was announced, J.K. Rowling expanded on Pottermore the like names of you know American wizarding oh, schools. Yeah. Like remember in like book four, they talk about that there were witches from Salem, Massachusetts, who were yeah. at like a Quidditch match or whatever. But it never like went on beyond that. So. The school that is supposed to be like the American Wizarding School called Ilvermorny may as well be in this triangle. Because I think it was said that it's supposed to be in Massachusetts. It may as well be in the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. Because it had the two most notable cryptids in this area are the Pukwudgie and the Thunderbird. Okay. And both of those are like house mascots for oh, Ilvermorny. Okay. So it's like, okay, so like very much Massachusetts. But you can find the Pukwudgie and the Thunderbird. Thunderboard. 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 <laughs> Thunderboard. <laughs> Lizzie Thunderboard. <laughs> That's her fighting name. <laughs> now entering the ring, Lizzie Thunderboard. <laughs> we have fun, don't yeah. we? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I just wanted to say we did a Thunderbird featured creature. We did. Yeah, yeah a while back. Yep. Yeah. So, Puckwudgies are a diminutive humanoid creature. 
they were known by the native Wampanoag tribe, so they are, they've been around, like, long, long, long before, you know, they were included in, like, the Harry Potter universe. Sure. But they have been described as being troll-like beasts of about two to three feet in height with smooth, hairy gray skin that is said to glow on occasion. They have a notorious reputation for mischief and mayhem and are said to intentionally startle people, throw rocks or sand in their faces, push or shove them, kidnap them, hurl them from cliffs, (laughs) wrestle with them, or even attack them with knives and spears. It started out so like, I'm gonna shove you, hee hee hee, I'm gonna stab you. I'm gonna throw you off this cliff, motherfucker. (laughs) You came to the wrong neighborhood. They can also be said to be like competent magic users and shapeshifters. And okay. so if you if you go into some of the lore on Pottermore, like it's it's pretty much lockstep with this. There's also the Thunderbird. So okay. it's again this condor like bird with great powers. We talked about it in a featured creature. It's literally what it sounds like. Yeah. A Thunderbird. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Harry Potter. It makes sense. <laughs> I think I think if in Fantox of Beasts and Where to Find Them, Newt Scamander has a Thunderbird oh. in his menagerie. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's cute. Okay. It's a big bird. I know you don't like Harry Potter. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But I like it. I like Harry Potter. You do. And that's important. And yeah. I support you. <laughs> in 1971, Police Sergeant Thomas Downey was driving near Bird Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, you're not allowed to make things up. Bird cool Hill in Easton, Massachusetts, <laughs> where he said that he had seen a six-foot-tall creature with a wingspan nearly double inside, in size. And, and then a ghostly old figure appeared at the side of the road and said, why do you think we call it Bird Hill? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he told the, he told, you know, the rest of his police officers, and they laughed, but he stuck to his story. So I he, feel like that's you versus sure. me. I'd be like, ha, <laughs> like, Bird no, Hill. And you're Bird, like, no, no I saw it. <laughs> um, there's also, like I said last week, there's UFO sightings all mm-hmm. over the place. There's been sightings of giant black dogs, so the Grim, I <laughs> guess, monster-sized snakes, some panthers, Snake. and Bigfoot. Watch out for those dangerous. Right? We talked Bigfoot. about Bigfoot before, right? Yeah. yeah so again, New England Bigfoots, Big and feets? yeah, Bigfeets. They could be seven-foot tall hairy monsters with footprints, you cool. know, but. They also, the police were like, we're just going to go look for a bear. <laughs> we're pretty sure what you think you saw was a bear. That sounds like a bear. That sounds like a bear. <laughs> um, but yeah, so someone in 1970s was like, no, but he killed all my pigs. But it's like, Bears no, do you, that. Yeah, like, don't don't worry about it. So Fun fact about bears, they also like pigs. Right? So Thunderbirds, Puckwudgies, and bears. Oh my. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still thinking about Lizzie Thunderborden. In my head, she's like, she's like a Lucha Libre yeah, fighter. Right. Where she's got like the like cool mask and she just like has the fringy like gloves yes. on. And she's just like, coming for you. Coming for you. Lizzie Thunderborden. Yeah, so that was Bridgewater Triangle. There's other triangles like that in New England, in Vermont, I think it was, or New Hampshire. And then the, like I said last week, H.P. Lovecraft-y oh, yeah, area yeah. is kind of in that same region of Massachusetts. Yeah. So it, it all it all ties yeah. together. And we can do an episode a on big, triangles. Right. A big, um, like, question about, like, oh, why is there so much activity in this area? It's, like, kind of like if you're looking for it, yeah. you find it. Yeah. If there's all these rumored things, you're looking for an explanation for right. it. So it's like, wow, there are so many weird incidents that happen in this, you know, this half of Massachusetts. If you draw a line from this town to this town and this town and this town, and you just put all the dots where all the incidents happened, oh, it looks like... A triangle. A triangle. In the same way that, like, the writer from Destination America was like, oh, no, this is going to be hella haunted. I better leave in the middle of the night. Right. So, like, if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe it. Because there are other places in New England that are also spooky. We've talked about mental hospitals here yeah. and there. Like, you could go literally anywhere and draw a triangle, and there will be a lot of creepy shit that happens within that triangle. That's true. So, and in the later seasons of Spoop Hour, we're just going to start drawing triangles and talking about shit. Right? <laughs> we'll just go state by state. Yeah, just state by state. We'll be like, okay, this is the Oklahoma triangle. Right? Like, map all the weird shit that happened in Oklahoma. Oh, look, it makes a triangle. Oh, it's, uh, it's a weird triangle, and one of the sides kind of looks round, but it's a triangle. It's a triangle. It counts. All right. Well, happy 4th of July, I guess. Uh, Maybe... Light some fireworks. Yeah. And eat some stuff. Eat food and have fun with your friends and call your senators and your representatives. Yell at them a little bit. Keep them on their toes. Yeah. Unless they're doing good work, in which and case, thank them for doing the good stuff. Donate to causes that, that you care about. Yes. 
Yeah. And if you don't have money to donate, you can donate your time. Yeah. Or just, or just donate, tell people. getting the word out. Yeah. yeah. Getting the word out. So yeah. maybe eventually America will get its shit back together. Cryptids will save us. Not even back together. Just get its shit together just for once. We, we. are never, ever. Don't sue no. me, Taylor Swift. I know you're so happy. <laughs> Hi. Do you listen to stuff with your ears? Do you laugh at things with your mouth? Do you use podcasts as a proxy for friends? Maybe you should check us out, cause we got you covered. I'm Leanie. And I'm Bunny. And we host a fortnightly podcast called Talk Spooky to Me, covering all things a little bit spooky. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all the other podcasting apps. Unless they're shit. <laughs> you can follow us on at Talk Spooky if you want to be friends on Twitter. And by the way, we're British. Yep. <laughs> okay, love ya. And I love spending time with you. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I can't believe I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about you awkwardly laughing. <laughs> Uh. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I cannot believe I fell for the latest internet hacking scam. What is wrong with me? <laughs> oh, no, keep, keep going. I'm having a scam. Okay. I'm having a scam. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>